Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, This week, I'm super excited to have my guest on the show. Her name is Eva Janata, and she is a thought leadership strategist and advisor for female entrepreneurs. So thank you so much for joining me, and I'm really excited for this conversation. Hey, Nicole, me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And uh, we were just talking before we hit record, got your champagne, but neither one of us know how to pronounce what you got, but I'm just want to know if it's good or not. <laughs> it's good. It has the silhouette of a woman on the bottle with the name Anna. And I know how to say that. And yes, it tastes delicious, especially after a long week. Awesome. Yeah. And it, yeah. I, I, did you get the rosé or the, just the brute? I can't remember which one I sent. The brute. Okay. Awesome. If you ever see the rosé in the grocery store, try that one as well. Cause it's so good. Like the rosé bubble one. Oh, don't mind if I do. Yeah. Well, yay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I didn't ask that too either. Like, how is, is it all nice and sunny where you're at? Um, because it's like really raining here. So just hearing about other people's sunshine make me makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because just, so I'm in Phoenix and normally, you know, it's like, I think I remember reading that it's like one of the sunniest places in the nation to live. Mm. And usually that's true. Although yesterday it was really overcast and it poured. So Really? You don't hear yeah. that often. No, you really don't. So it was like, it was kind of a treat. Like it felt kind of cozy to have one day of it being overcast, but today it's back to the sunshine and I'm very glad. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That like what you went through yesterday is like the next like six months of my life, but, um, yeah, I'll just thank you. Exactly. (laughs) So you're like, Ooh, I'm like, Ooh, Phoenix. I'm going to have to look into there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah, let's dive in. You know, what is your business? Who do you, obviously you help female entrepreneurs, but I can't wait to hear more about that. You know, how did you start it and like get into all of it? Yes. So I started, um, in marketing actually. So I started in corporate communications in my early career. And then when I decided to go out on my own, I started offering marketing and communications services because Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm a digital native. I know how social media works. And I, I knew people in my community. I lived um, outside Washington, DC at that time, who, uh, entrepreneurs who were a little older than I, and who needed help with the social media marketing side of their Mm -hmm. businesses. So I started in that, but I pretty quickly realized, I mean, especially as like, there's like some big algorithm update, like every six months, it's like, yes, you know, it's like so much to keep up with. And Uh it's just, you know, posting to Facebook or LinkedIn is not alone going to do a whole lot for your business. You need a much deeper strategy, content marketing plan, just a broader view and plan in place for using social media to even be worth it. So I pretty quickly realized, okay, this is not helping. I need to zoom out and see what I can do differently. So from there, I got into offering marketing strategy and communication strategy. And I was all, you know, I I had some background in it, but I, gosh, like you can learn just about anything you want on the internet. So I did a lot of (laughs) self-teaching and a lot of experimentation (laughs) and that went really well for a long time. But what I realized over time is that 
what I, you know, marketing is a really powerful tool, but in order to have to use a tool, you need to be saying something first, right? Like you need to have something that you're making, something you're creating that you're going to market. And so what really lights me up, I gradually realized through, you know, a lot of working and thinking and processing, what really lights me up is helping women leaders and women entrepreneurs at that creation point of what are they here to say? What is their intellectual property? What is their wealth of experience and insight? How can they make that into something and market that so that it'll help people? Yeah. So now I kind of like zoomed out even further to like the pre-marketing work. And I still help my clients with marketing, but what I'm like really excited about, if you can tell from my voice, (laughs) is this creation of a woman's thought leadership. Oh my God. I love that. Um, like most of what you just said, like I, I wanted to be like, say it louder for the people in the back, because like, <laughs> I totally agree with everything you just said. And, and, you know, even like extracting all of that information from business owners and female entrepreneurs, like it's so often overlooked, you know what I mean? And it's such a critical part of effective marketing and, you know, having a successful business. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really like, I, you don't need me to tell you this and neither does anybody listening, but like, it's really hard to start your own business, right? Like that alone is a tremendously courageous act of creation. Mm -hmm. And I said earlier, you know, you can learn anything on the internet and that's true, but the internet is also a vast, terrifying, overwhelming place. And black hole, really (laughs) black hole. Yeah. And you know, like what I find so frustrating about a lot of the marketing and even thought leadership advice online is that it very rarely comes with context. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it's general, right? Like yeah. it's, it's intended for a wide audience. It's not necessarily intended for you and what your exact situation is and the stage you're on in your journey, et cetera, et cetera. And so it can be very easy to be just like totally confused and daunted and not know where to start. And that's where working with somebody can be so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that all the time. You know, I talk to a lot of business owners and they're like, well, you know, <clears throat> Bob's doing this. That's why I'm doing that. And I'm like, but your audience isn't there. You know, like you're right. not getting results and they're discouraged. You know what I mean? And right. they're confused. And yeah, so I, I totally understand what you're saying. Awesome. Um. So, and how long have you been, how long have you had your business? Yeah, just about six years. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. And so in that six years, you know, like you said, you work a lot. Um, you know, family, just life in general, like how do you balance, you know, being an entrepreneur and life? Yeah, it's a moving target. And right. I have a, I have a client who's very adamant that there's no such thing as work-life balance. Instead, she talks about managing your time and your energy. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, sounds a bit more like what I do, which is that like over the years I've been in business, I've no, I've, I've tried to be a really good observer of myself. And I have often said, and Nicole, you might be able to speak to this too. And probably a lot of folks listening that like, there's nothing like starting your own business to take like a wild roller coaster ride through your own mind. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Like, yeah. There's so many emotions involved and it could be oh. like 20 emotions in one day and you're like oh, the highest of highs and then like the lowest of lows it's so bizarre but awesome yes. I thought I was losing I feel like I'm losing my marbles sometimes it took a long time for me right. to get to just like realize oh this is not this isn't a sign that anything's wrong this is just part of the experience mm-hmm. and so when it comes to like managing my time and energy like I know for sure that I am most 
energized and focused and capable in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I try to be really strategic about prioritizing my most kind of thought intensive, deep, creative work in the morning. I also, um, I use a feature on my inbox that pauses my inbox. So I only get uh, emails one time, once during the day. So I don't like get bombarded by emails all the time. I try to, sometimes I give my phone to my husband and I'm like, take this, don't let me look at it. I need to focus. So I've over the years kind of cobbled together different tactics to make sure that I am a really good steward of my energy and my time when I need to be. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to the evenings, when I feel kind of incapable of doing anything hard, I spend a lot of time reading, relaxing on my couch. I go to bed pretty early you know, I don't have any children at this time, so I don't need to work around get anybody else's schedule besides myself and my partners. So that is how I do it. But man, I have to say, like, there are certainly like balance is a tricky thing. And sometimes it helps me to think about like balance in the long run versus balance on a daily or weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Like, there will be a, there will be seasons in my life when I will work less than I work now. And so it's okay if I work pretty hard and kind of a lot now, because over time I have faith that it's going to balance out. Yeah, exactly. Like put that work in now so you can enjoy, you know, a little bit, not less, but you know what I mean? Like a lightened load further on down the road, you know, and you're really just setting these foundational things that can really just come to fruition. But you know, it's like, you know, planting a seed, you know, and it takes a little work and a little more effort, a little more love and then kind of, you know, does its own thing. Yes. Yay. Oh, I love that. Okay. Um, I love the fact that you brought up getting up early, like, because I, I totally agree this, like the same way I talk to some people and they're like, Oh, I do my best from like midnight to two in the morning. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't, I don't even know my name at that point. Like I'm so (laughs) tired. Um, and I love getting up in the morning, uh, though I have not been on a great routine with that, but when I do, it's, it's amazing. So I love that you brought that up. And then the app thing, I need to know what you use for your email box. And this kind of leads into my next question of like, what are like certain apps or, you know, software automation that you use in your business? Yeah. I'm really excited about this question, Nicole, because I want to ask you the same thing because I'm actually like, I've realized that automation and relying on tools is not my strongest suit. Like Left to my own devices, my inclination is to do everything analog, right? Like Me write things too. by hand, mm-hmm. do things the hard way. I just don't think about automation automatically. And so lately I've been just, it's been dawning on me that I'm doing a lot of rote kind of silly work that could probably be automated if I just took the dang time to figure out how <laughs> right. to write. So um, I would love to hear some recommendations that you have, but I'll start with, uh, for myself with the email I use a, I guess it's a browser extension. I think it's called Boomerang and I use it for my Gmail. Okay. And it's, it just enables you, it like adds a blue pause button in your inbox and it enables you to click that and it will just hold all your emails until the time that you tell it to put them in your inbox. Mm -hmm. And it's been so amazing, Nicole, because, you know, like you might need to like, check your inbox to see what a client said or to access a document. Like there's so many reasons you might need to check your email throughout the day, but you don't want to actually like address all the emails in your inbox. Yes. And I would find them just so distracting. I would go in there to like check one thing from a client and then suddenly I'd be responding to somebody else or reading Mm -hmm. another thing. And it totally threw me off. So boomerang for Gmail has been a big help. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that because yeah, like you said too, like 
I don't know if I know that they're in there, I can't not answer them. Or if I don't, it just kind of like makes me anxious and hangs over my head. And I hate that, you know, that's distracting. So if I didn't even have the option, if there was only like a certain time, that's fantastic. People are so smart. The stuff they think of, it's amazing. I'm so grateful for them. <laughs> I know. And another thing I did recently, and I don't know, I've been using this pause uh, capability in my inbox for a long, long time. But recently, I finally added to my email signature in like small italic font that I only check email once a day, Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it took me so long to do that. But I think because for a long time, I felt kind of sheepish about not checking my email very often, because some people are very fast responders. And yeah. I'm not like that. And I sort of felt a little bit like I should be. But mm-hmm. more recently, I kind of had a, a sit down talk with myself. And I was like, no, no, like, you're in charge here, you have to have boundaries. And it's a strength to communicate those boundaries proactively. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. And then, you know, I think that too, like comes with time, you know, it's like you've been for a business sure. owner for six years when the beginning, you're like, Oh, God, yeah, you know, or at least I was like, oh, sure, I'll talk to you at nine o'clock at night, no boundaries at all. But you know, as like, <clears throat> the years have gone on, it's definitely way easier to set those because, you know, just time and confidence and all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I have a couple of tools I'd love to share. And then I'd love to, for you, Nicole, to tell me the tools that you use. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. Like I know I should be doing a lot more automation and I do a lot of automation for my clients and all them, but you know, it's like the, what's that saying? Like the cobbler's son never has yeah. shoes or whatever, but I do have a few that I love. <laughs> Yeah. So ones that I use now, I use Asana. Mm-hmm. That's Asana. my main. Yeah, that's my main task manager. And I I used to use a different app that I just downloaded onto my hard drive. But when I started hiring a team, I realized like, oh, like we need something that's that we can all access. So mm-hmm. Asana has been really good for that. I use Google Drive like it's nobody's business. <laughs> I love Google Drive. I use a ton of spreadsheets and documents. And again. That means that all my team members can access them and we can all store things in a way that is like makes sense to us and it's easy to reach. Yes. Those I, are the ones that stand out to me the most, honestly. Yeah, I love both of those. Like I use, and it's funny, I was looking at the ones that I just wrote down, Google Drive, Calendly, and HubSpot. Those are the ones that I use. But yeah, Google Drive is probably by far, like it's just so easy to, you know, make folders. And then in the folders, you can have spreadsheets and docs and everybody can like get to it. It's amazing. Um, yes. Calendly too. I'm glad you mentioned Calendly. That's, that's a great one. Yeah. And I hadn't even really like been introduced to it until I started this podcast, like a a little over a year ago. And I was sending like the, the, I've looked back and like, so embarrassed now, like I'd send a spreadsheet and be like, here, pick your date and put it on here. And one of my girlfriends was like, Hey, uh, (laughs) you know, there's this thing that'll do this for you. And I was like, Oh my my God. Yeah. So, um, I, it's amazing and saves so much time. Cause you know, I put all the automated emails in there responses and everybody gets their zoom links. So it integrates like all of that. Um, and then, yeah, like I use HubSpot for emails and like my forms and, you know, automated emails when people download content or different, uh-huh. you know, kind of things on my website or our bubbles and biz community. So that's about it. Like I, like I said, I mean, I talked to some people and they're like, Oh, I wonder if I could zap this and that. And I'm like, Oh man, like I just don't, <laughs> That's awesome. Like, that's so cool. And I've been in Zapier and it's kind of, you know, like the internet, like you can get lost in there and integrate so many things. And I'm like, I don't even know how to get back out of this. So I don't know. Technology is amazing and I should utilize it more, but that's all I've got right now. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, 
It, it is challenging. And I guess I was just chatting the other, guy, the other day with a guy who was trying to sell me his, his course about automation. And I'm considering buying it because, mm. you know, I just know that I'm left my own devices. I'm just not going to figure this out on my own. I really do need someone to give me guidance, to hold my hand a little bit. But what was interesting too, in considering working with him is noticing a lot of the resistance that came up. Yeah. When I think about automating, like I get nervous about like, what if people can tell, you know, and they feel like they're not getting as personalized attention anymore? Yeah. Or, you know, what if, if I put everything in this one tool that he recommends, you know, then I'm, I'm too reliant on something. What if it crashes? What if it changes? What if I, you know, I just started noticing these different forms of resistance coming up within me. And, you know, like anybody listening can relate, like whenever you're considering kind of stepping into a new level or advancing mm-hmm. in some sort of way, there'll be some kind of backlash within your, within your psyche. And so yeah. I kind of know to expect that, but it was still surprising to me to feel it so intensely. Right. Yeah. I know it's funny. Um, I, somebody I work with, she's amazing. And she has a saying for that. She said, it's new level, new devil. And I was like, Oh mm-hmm. man, that is, yes. it's so true. And it's like, just you know, being aware and still being able to, you know, push through. And I, I mean, I really didn't realize how much mindset is important and just, you know, dealing with that stuff and trying to like, just keep going is yeah. That's entrepreneurship really right there in a nutshell. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And, and I just, I don't know, like with, with automation in particular, and I think this is not unusual for women. This is my understanding from talking with some of my colleagues who specialize in tech, but that, you know, women tend to feel intimidated by technology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could maybe link that to experiences growing up or what have you, but I'm recognizing that I fall into that camp, you know, and I don't think of myself as being easily intimidated, but because I'm just not used to, or like accustomed to like thinking about using Zapier, like I just, it never dawns on me to figure out how to do that. Whereas like this guy I was talking to on the phone, he was like, oh my gosh, as soon as I do something, I figure out how I can automate it. Right. I thought, really? I never <laughs> think that. Oh my right. gosh. You must have so much less busy work than I do. Yeah. And I think my one thing too, is that like the same kind of thing, like and it takes a little time, I feel like to get it all, you know, you have to write it and or get it together, you know, brainstorming all that. And I just haven't taken the time like ahead of time to, to put like all that foundation and put the automation in place. Like if that makes sense. And it's, and that's such a, an excuse but that's, that's my excuse. <laughs> I totally relate to that, Nicole. Yeah. It's so funny. Like all the times I've, I've gotten better about this, but I still catch myself doing this all the time where I'll like, I'll like do something and then I'll like finish it or send it or whatever. And I won't save my work. And then a week later, someone will ask me for the exact same thing. And I realize like, Oh, if I'd only just save that, I could, right. I could do this so fast, but I don't, like I, I tend to reinvent the wheel a couple of times before I figure out that I'm reinventing the wheel. Right. Yeah. Just like you were saying it for whatever reason, my mind is like, Oh no, it'll be faster and easier if you just do it rather than put it a system in place for it in the future. And right. so I just sort of <laughs> can perpetually catch myself doing that. And that's something I really want to work on in, in 2021 and beyond is like, just continuing to commit to my internal systems because otherwise I just end up spending so much time kind of like dickering around and doing really small things that aren't making a big impact on my business. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. It's on my to-do list as well. So 
maybe we'll have to like um, circle back in the new year and be like, hey, did you do it? Like, yeah, accountability. Follow up with each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, this is like my favorite question of the interview. Um, what is your favorite or most effective way that you market your business? Okay, so I love relationships. That mm-hmm. is one of my strengths is connecting with people, getting to know them, meeting them. I love making new friends. And so my favorite way to market myself is really through what I think of as intimate networking. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like different pieces that go into that. Like, for example, I, I write my own thought leadership very regularly because I have to practice what I preach and I publish that on LinkedIn and I share it with my email list. And I send it to recent connections or people that I'm building relationships with. But, you know, I remember earlier on in my business, I felt a lot of pressure to like do paid ads and partner with people and do all sorts of like, quote unquote, hacks that would build my audience faster or help me make money faster. And they were very seductive, these tactics, but they never quite felt like the right fit for me because I just prefer to move a little bit slowly and to be deliberate and intentional in building my audience and building my business. And so a lot of the marketing that I do, it's marketing with a lot of runway, right? Like it's consistency, it's showing up again and again, it's keeping in touch with people, it's letting them know that I'm thinking of them. It's also asking for the sale, right? Like when I come across somebody who I think I could really help. I try to get on the phone with her and see if we should work together. But I think that when it comes to my marketing strategy, it's really about showing up, showing what I do, not telling people what I do, but showing it and mm-hmm. then inviting people to have conversations. It's so true. I love, I mean, that is the like total epitome of marketing. You know, like it is mm. building relationships, it takes time. Like, you know, some people, it, you know, they're like, I want to get 10,000 followers on Instagram by the end of the year. I'm like, why? First off, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, why? yeah. And it's like, you don't need that. And are they there? And, you know, it takes time to establish that relationship. And yes, like, let's, like you said, consistency, like, let's get you consistent on one thing first, you know, and then Absolutely. we'll start building all of these things. And yeah, and it's, it's crazy. And like you said, you know, with the, all this stuff on the internet and it's very general and people see all these, you know, shiny objects and feel Mm -hmm. like that that's going to be the one ticket and they'll try it for a few months. And then it's like, Oh, that's not working. So I'm going to try another. And it's like an endless cycle. And you know, it's like, yeah, 100% what you just said. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, I think we live in a world now where we kind of expect instant gratification and we're a lot of times able to get it right. Like you can order something online and have it delivered the same day sometimes, which is like, you know, would have been impossible to imagine 50 or a hundred years ago. Right. And I was just telling my t- kids the other day, I was like, we used to have to take pictures on film and drop it off and wait a week. And if your <laughs> yes. eyes were closed, you were screwed, you know, like, I mean, That's they have right. no idea. <laughs> That's a great example. Yeah. Like not just ordering, but like taking photographs, being able to print photographs from your yeah. home. Like there's so many, getting your groceries delivered. There's yeah. so many examples of this. And yeah. I think it primes us to feel like if we're not seeing instant gratification in our marketing efforts, then we must be doing something wrong and there must be something wrong with us. Right. And so it keeps us kind of in this perpetual circle of like trying new things, but not trying them for very long, feeling really defeated, getting kind of persuaded by some 
new person's whatever tactic mm-hmm. and trying that. And it's just this cycle that feels really bad. And what yeah. I encourage my clients to do, and I try really hard to manage their expectations and my own because I get impatient <laughs> for sure. But I just remind myself and my clients, like, you're in this for the long game, right? You're in this for the long game, right? Like you're building your legacy. This is not like a get rich quick overnight celebrity scheme, right? Like mm-hmm. you are here to serve people and to make an impact over the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, buckle up for that. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, and, you know, people see people like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or Lewis Howes or, you know, but they see them now. They don't see yeah. them 10, 15 years ago when they were, you know, just starting out and they were consistent and they made relations, you know, made relationships and they kept going and they, you know, like we're agile, you know, they met the market where it needed and they put so much work behind it. They're not like overnight success, you know, but we just see that like where they are now kind of thing and kind of forget about where they started. Yeah. I mean, it took, I remember like seeing a screenshot of one of Gary V's early, early videos where it was about his like family's yeah. like, wine store or whatever. They're hilarious. Like, you should go back and watch apart. them. <laughs> yeah, apart from what he's like now. And like, he was just kind of like a kind of a nerdy looking yeah. like, young dude who was mm-hmm. trying something out and showed up, you know, he made like a gazillion videos about wine right. and you don't see that when you look at him today, but it's like he said, Nicole, like go back and look and just remind yourself that like he was at that for God, years. I don't know how long, but years. Yeah. Many, many years. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, so comfort zones, um, such a buzzword, but yes, so real too, you know, so, and as entrepreneurs, I feel like it's constantly pushing against those comfort zones, at least for me anyway. But, um, you know, how do you get out of your comfort zone to, you know, help your business grow? And do you have any tips for the listeners on that? Yeah. Well, I just shared that my comfort zone is not automation. Right. <laughs> so what I've noticed, like a pattern, again, I, I, as I said earlier, I, I find it so helpful to just be like an observer of myself. And I've noticed mm-hmm. a pattern is that it takes me a long time to process doing something new that's outside my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So I don't consider myself like a quick action taker. I really like to mull things over, let the idea marinate, imagine it a few different ways. And then I, through that process, I kind of build the courage to step outside the comfort zone. Another thing I've noticed is when I do step outside my comfort zones, whether that's getting into automation or saying something, you know, a little bit more bold and provocative in my thought leadership or trying out a new marketing tactic. I have to expect to feel really bad about it. <laughs> you know, I notice like I'll do the, the courageous thing. It'll be out of my comfort zones. And then I'll experience this backlash of like a lot of self-doubt and second guessing yeah. and worry and kind of wanting to like lay in my bed and not talk to anyone for a while. And so I've, you know, th- those feelings are very uncomfortable. And yeah. I used to feel like, oh no, this means I did something wrong. Like I feel so bad right now. I must've really screwed up. Mm -hmm. And what I have to coach myself through instead is, oh, these feelings are a sign that you did something really bold and brave. These bad feelings are actually a green light. Yes. And so kind of teaching myself 
it doesn't make my, the feelings any more fun. <laughs> Let me right. be clear. Yeah. And it's, it's counterintuitive. You know what I mean? Cause yes. it's like, I don't, why am I doing this? Like, why am I continuing to do this with all those, you know, thoughts, but yeah. Yeah. So I find that like just kind of preparing myself for that inner backlash and also giving myself a lot of time to process the idea. Those two things really help me continue to take action, even when it's a little frightening. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause as business owners and entrepreneurs, like, I don't know it. I feel like there's a lot of uncomfortable feelings. Which, oh yeah. Like I didn't Every really, day. yeah, exactly. But then there's like really amazing feelings too. And I don't know, I guess the more like we get used to it and grow our business, it's, it's not as like, you still know it's coming and it's uncomfortable, but it's not as scary. I feel like, and it's like, you know, I can do hard things. It might not have been perfect. And, you know, I don't want to rewatch that video that I was on, but like I did yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. You build, like, it is really comforting. Like not that it gets, not that the, that the feelings like get any, like they, like they never go away. Right. But right. like they do, you get used to them. So they get a little easier to bear. And you kind of, I feel like I I'm always building stamina mm-hmm. to do them more. Yeah, totally. And that's really encouraging. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. We're to your favorites. Um, what is your favorite book? Oh, Nicole. <laughs> and it, I mean, it can be a few if you can't like just decide on one. <laughs> yeah. I, I read all the time. I'm a very avid reader. I especially enjoy um, romance, fantasy, and then fantasy romance. So when they're combined. And so if anybody listening is also enjoys those genres, please let's get together. Like let's connect (laughs) online and talk and share book recommendations. But what I'll share for today is um, a series by Sarah J. Mass called A Court of Thorns and Roses. And this series, it's, I mean, if you look up the hashtag on Instagram, there is so much like a ton of fan art content, a ton of reviews of these books. They're really, really popular. And the fourth book of the series is coming out in February, 2021. So I think a lot of excitement is being built. And in my part, I've just been, I've been rereading the series in preparation for the fourth book. And that's what I'm like most loving in terms of reading right now. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to check it out. I've never heard of it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, just, I think it's so well done. And in particular, the second book, one of the things that really impressed me about it is the protagonist. So most of the books that I read are written about women protagonists and by women authors. Mm -hmm. And this protagonist goes through a lot of really difficult, like a, she goes through a traumatic uh, experience and has a lot of PTSD basically, and mm-hmm. a lot of like mental health challenges. And I thought the author did a really good job of kind of portraying that healing process. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's good. Um, what's your favorite drink? I think my favorite drink is a warm latte just no flavor I just want foamed milk and I want it to be very warm and I want to sip on it slowly oh that sounds amazing um so cozy yeah I know coffee with just cream like that's my favorite like Mm. at night I'm like oh I get to get up and have coffee I'm so excited oh I love that what a fun like like so many people like feel dreadful about like dread the morning but I love that you have like a thing that you're just excited about like looking forward to in the morning yeah I I yeah, I really do love it. And like, we finally broke down. We always did. Well, my husband really likes French press and yep. not to be all like ridiculously spoiled, but like, this is when I was getting up early and I was like, you know, I don't feel like taking like 10 minutes 
to get my coffee ready, which (laughs) sounds like such a spoiled brat. So he did get me like one of the automated coffee pots. And so it's like ready and warm when I get up. And yeah, it's like the greatest way to to wake up. It's wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite thing to do to relax? Honestly, it's reading. I love to read. That's what I usually do in the evenings and on the weekends. I just love to get absorbed in a story. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Um, do you ever read Emily in like Emily Giffen books? She's kind of like, yes, I haven't in a while, but I read a bunch of her books. Um, yeah. Whenever that was, I guess about 10 years ago, actually, yeah. when I went through kind of like an Emily Giffen phase. She just came out with a new one. Actually, I'm going to, I just say just, but, um, I think it was in June, but I just read it like last month. I could not put it down. It was Ooh. such, it was like all about nine 11 and I don't know, all these like twists and turns about this love story that I did not see coming at all. So it was really oh, good. Fun. Yeah. Okay. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, okay. What's your favorite thing to watch? I actually really don't watch very much television at all. Yeah. But when I do, I love to watch shows about, um, well, there are two that I've really enjoyed on Netflix. One of them is um, a British show about people who build like really kind of unusual houses oh, or like they cool. remodel houses in like a really interesting way. I love that show. And then another show that my husband and I watched recently that we really enjoyed was called Stay Here. And it was mm-hmm. about this, this, um, real estate person and an interior designer who helped people turn their Airbnb rentals into these really beautiful destinations. Oh, and that was so a cool. lot of fun. Yeah. Those are on Netflix. I'll have to tell my husband cause he's like a contractor and carpenter by trade and he loves renovating houses. And Oh, he'd probably enjoy the, the um, British one. It's called grand designs and it's just, it's really fun to watch these, these home transformations. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. And stay here was the other one. I'm writing them down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're fun. I just love I mean, I guess who isn't a sucker for like a good before and after? I know it's true. That's what it is. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay. And last, where is your favorite place to go? Oh man, there are so many places I love going, but I think a really consistent one is, you know, Phoenix has a lot of really great, like small independently owned coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And I just love going to them. I love like they've got beautiful art on the walls. They've got plants. They've just got this warm feeling and, you know, you are, know you're supporting, supporting a small local business and people are friendly and the couches are like comfy. And I just, Mm -hmm. there are like a handful of really good coffee shops here in Phoenix that I love going to. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I love coffee shops too. And I miss them. Like we're on like a strict lockdown. We've been, uh, uh, since like before Thanksgiving and we're going through wow. the new years. So it's like, you can get to go, but we can't go like sit in them anymore, yeah. which I really miss because yeah. uh, they're so cozy, especially they're in the so winter, cozy. in the rainy winter right now. <laughs> and there's such a like fun place to, to like meet with people. You know, yeah. I know that's not really advised right now, but it's like, it's almost like having someone, like it has the same feel of like being in a home, but you're yeah. not in your home. So you don't need to like clean it or serve anything. <laughs> right. Just, enjoy the feeling of being somewhere cozy it doesn't feel as like to me it like as impersonal as a starbucks yeah totally and they usually smell delicious because they're like roasting oh, their own coffee and you yeah. can eat cookies so i know like really <laughs> nothing to, to be unhappy about it's true <laughs> awesome so where can everybody find you to, to connect with you more um social media your website all that good stuff yeah, the best places to reach me, there's two that I like to share. So one is on LinkedIn. So I practice what I call social media monogamy, which means I only really <laughs> use one network. And my network of choice is LinkedIn. So 
I'm the only Eva Janata on the network with two N's, two T's and an A at the end. And so please like send me a connection request and let me know that you heard me on Nicole's podcast. And I'd love to get to know you. As I said before, I love, love meeting new people. And the other place is if you go to five magnetic pillars.com, that's the number five and magnetic pillars spelled out. That's where I have a really short free email course about how to make your thought leadership as magnetic as it can be by using these five pillars. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Sign up. And then, you know, when you get the email, just reply and say hello to me because I receive all those emails. It really is me on the other side of the inbox. (laughs) And I love, like I said, I love chatting with folks. So yeah, reach out. And they definitely know that's not automated, you know, after our conversation. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm too scared. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, So on LinkedIn, I have a question. Do you, are you able to use like the stories yet? I don't have it. And I've seen so many people have it. And I'm like, why don't I have this? Yeah. So have you checked both your phone and your desktop? Yeah. And I've updated the one on my phone, like to the newest one. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's surprising because I I was wondering the same thing for a while, but I realized it's because I nearly always use it on my desktop and it's not on desktop yet that I know of. So I can only get it on my phone. But if you don't have it on your phone, I wish I could tell you why, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I'll have to dig a little deeper, but um, okay. I was just curious because yeah, they like rolled out a whole bunch of like new features this year, right? Like LinkedIn, like when I talk to people, they're like, oh, it's so stuffy and resume. And I'm like, no, it's come a long way. Yeah. And I actually have a, uh, someone I follow on LinkedIn posted recently that uh, there was an interface update and it made her feel like she was on Facebook. So I'm a little, oh, a yeah, little don't go too far. <laughs> yeah. Bring no, it back right. in LinkedIn. <laughs> I hope that they don't go in totally in that direction, but um, yeah, apparently, yeah, they are rolling out some different, different capabilities. I think it's, it's, it's absolutely not the way it was at first in terms of being really kind of buttoned up. Right. Yeah. Definitely a little more, I mean, it's still professional by for sure, but yes. not cold, I guess, which I kind of feel like it used to be, you know? Yeah. That's a good word for it. And I think that reflects just the fact that like, you know, not most or many people don't wear a suit and go to the office anymore, you know, like yeah. being professional has changed. And mm-hmm. part of that, I think that's being reflected in the way you can use the network. Yeah, totally. Well, awesome. Yeah. Um, I'll check my, see if I need to update again, but I was just curious. Um, well, thank you so much. This has been such a fun conversation. I've really enjoyed all of it and I know you're busy. So thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, Nicole, it was really fun to, to hang out with you and to sip this champagne together. Yeah, yes, I know. It's always a fun way to end the week. Awesome. Well, thanks again and have a great weekend. All right, Nicole, you too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.